Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it on a Friday night at Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to chime in, you can do so. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. If you want to tweet at me, you can also uh, do that. You find me on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Just the fact that it would appear that the Oakland A's are going to be leaving Oakland and heading to Las Vegas, right? And there's so many, we we could spend an entire two hours of our show getting into everything that's led to this and the responsibility and the culpability that goes along with it. It's never good when a team or a city loses a team. We know that in St. Louis. We know that all too well. Losing a professional sports team in a city, it stinks. And there's a lot of really, really good sports fans who uh, get hurt by it. And it has nothing to do with them. And the, the Oakland A's have forced the issue. The Oakland A's have intentionally tanked, have intentionally put themselves in a really bad spot, and they wanted to do what they needed to do to be able to to, to leave Oakland. And they can very easily make the argument that they need to leave Oakland because of fan support. They are not drawing very many fans right now, and that is something that has been done on purpose. Now, at the same time, and I know there's financial sides of it, and I know there's going to be some people out there that do not believe it's up to municipalities to help provide funds for a stadium, but most stadiums that are being built these days, you're getting getting some government assistance on it. That's just the world that we live in. Very few sports owners are going to go there and just build their own stadium using their own money. So for the A's to stay in Oakland, the cost was going to be the money that government was going to have to commit to a ballpark being built there. And it just never got to that point. They've been talking about it for years and years and years. And it finally got to a point where basically the team's going to be given um, a ballpark in Las Vegas And they're going to move forward with that. And all of a sudden, you're going to have that corridor where you have the A's and you have the Raiders and you have the Golden Knights. And all three of those facilities are in the same 
general vicinity of each other, and it's going to create kind of a, and it's right there at one end of the strip. It's it's going to be a good thing, and uh, they'll tell you, and I guess this is something that can be argued about, they'll tell you in Las Vegas that even with it being near the strip, they're still going to be drawing 60-70% of their fans locally from Las Vegas, that this is not something that's going to be only tourists that are going there. It's going to be more than that. Now, this is going to – Las Vegas is very quickly going to become the the place that if you if you go on a uh, on a trip every year, if you follow your team, if you know, as a Cardinal fan, if you try to every year go on – at least go to at least one series on the road, all of a sudden Las Vegas is going to become – a very appealing destination for fans who do make those trips. So that that's going to exist there. But there's a belief in Las Vegas that they're going to be able to draw a lot of local fans to support. I saw that um, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, is not happy. Not happy at all because he was in Oakland with the A's, uh, basically accused the A's of not paying rent, accused the A's of uh, stopping them from getting a stadium deal done, and then criticized the A's for their marketing slogan of Rudin in Oakland when they just a few years later are, are leaving. And I think everything that Davis said, there's there's some he's not wrong is what I would say to that. But what I wanted to get to is what does this mean for baseball moving forward? What is baseball going to look like once the Oakland A's move to Las Vegas, assuming that happens? Well, there's still one more thing to figure out in the current group of, uh, of baseball teams and just having good stadium situations. Because every baseball team wants to have a very good stadium situation, and the last really bad situation left is what's going on with the Tampa Bay Rays. If you remember, Ray's ownership had tried to do a thing where they were going to split the season each year, play half the year in Tampa and half the year in Montreal. That did not go over well. The Players Association was never, was never going to go for that. So now they're back focused on trying to find a way to stay in Tampa long term. There's been some stadium projects mentioned. I think it's uh, it's Ybor City, if I, if I remember correctly, is one of the areas where they would like to potentially build a ballpark they got to get that figured out and they got to get it figured out soon. And once Oakland, if, if this goes through with Las Vegas and they sign seal and deliver it, then major league baseball sole focus can be on getting that situation in Tampa put together and whether that team is going to stay in Tampa or whether it's going to move. The reason that this is important is because major league baseball is going to expand. Rob Manfred believes that major league baseball is a growth industry and that there are multiple markets out there that can support Major League Baseball. And I would agree with that. Just off the top of my head, I think Portland would support Major League Baseball. I think Nashville would support Major League Baseball. I think Charlotte would support Major League Baseball. Salt Lake City, uh, Montreal, maybe Mexico City if you wanted to go down there. I don't know how comfortable Major League Baseball would be with having one of their teams uh, in Mexico. Um there's just there's a lot of there's San Antonio. I don't think I mentioned them. There's a bunch of markets. There's probably five to ten markets in the United States that do not currently have Major League Baseball. That if you put Major League Baseball there, they could support it. Now the question is, do they have the financial resources? Do they have the financial big guns to be able to come in and build a stadium? That's one of the things that's going on with Salt Lake. Is there is the money sitting there right now in Salt Lake City to get a major league stadium built. 
The money's there. Is it going to stay there? We'll have to wait and see. But the money is there. At one point, Portland had a pretty good uh, group going. It seems like that group has kind of broken off a little bit. So Portland might not be that spot anymore. Nashville is another one that if – from a money standpoint, if they get an opportunity to build a ballpark in Nashville, I think they're probably going to find a way to do it. Baseball wants to get to 32 teams because once you get to 32 teams, you're able to go to eight, four team pods and that's where baseball is going. And one of the interesting things to see is what that's going to do to some rivalries and whether some rivalries are going to be hurt by teams not being in pods together because everything's going to be regional. All of a sudden, they, there may still be an American League and National League by by name, but these pods are going to be, it's not going to be a New York situation where you got two teams in New York and one team's an American League team and one team's a National League team. Same deal with Chicago. Same deal with um, you know Los Angeles, if you consider the Angels to be uh, inside of that market. Uh, that's... Everything is going to be 100% geographically based. I saw one potential um, for uh, 18-pod situation that would have the Cardinals in a pod with the Brewers, Cubs, and White Sox. In many ways, that makes sense. The only problem with that is the Royals. Do you want to see the Cardinals and the Royals in a pod together, considering the fact that they are so close, they're three hours away from each other? They're, they're, you know, from a geographic standpoint, that makes a whole lot of sense. But all of a sudden, if you get the Cardinals and the Royals in a pod together, then do you keep the Cardinals with the Cubs? Because you want the Cubs and White Sox together, but you also probably want the Cubs and Brewers together uh, because Chicago and Milwaukee are so close to each other. So it's going to be, it's going to be a challenging thing for Major League Baseball to do. The, the the eight pods that I saw, one of the uh, things, and they went with the idea that one of the expansion teams was going to be Montreal and the other expansion team was going to be either Nashville or Charlotte. Uh, they went Mets, Red Sox, Yankees, and Montreal in a pod. Blue Jays, Cleveland, Reds, Tigers in a pod. Nationals, Ori's, uh, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates in a pod. Braves, Marlins, Rays, and then either Nashville or Charlotte, whichever one in a pod. Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, White Sox. Uh, then Astros, Rangers, Royals, Twins. That one's a little bit weird uh, with the you know, with the Royals in there along with the Twins and then Astros and, and Rangers. So that's uh, from a north to south standpoint, that's probably about the most split up. That's kind of the land of misfit toys right there uh, if that's going to come in. And that again goes back to what I was talking about earlier. What do you do with the Cardinals and, and do you find a way to put them in with the Royals and what cost would that be? Another one, A's, Diamondbacks, Mariners, and Rockies. That obviously makes uh, a lot of sense. Seattle's the only one that's a little bit of an outlier. And then the California teams of the Angels, Dodgers, Giants, and Padres. So it'll be something that looks somewhat close to that. That may not be the exact specific thing. I'm sure the Cardinals, the last thing they would ever want is to not be inside of a division with the Cubs and Major League Baseball. You would think would recognize that that's an important thing, that Cardinals-Cubs is one of the most important rivalries in Major League Baseball, and you don't want to separate uh, those two teams out. It's going to be an interesting next few years, but that's a big domino this week. We Probably before this week got started, we're sitting there saying, who knows what the timeline is going to be on Major League Baseball expansion. Well, now that this A situation is figured out, that gets you a 
big domino knockdown in terms of eventually getting to where Major League Baseball wants to be. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. When we return, we are going to head down to uh, Springfield, and uh, we're going to uh, catch up with the voice of the Springfield Cardinals. That's Andrew Buckbinder. He joins us in just a moment right here on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Graybar Sports Open Line continues here on KMOX. Have about 40 minutes left of this program, and then St. Louis Cardinals pregame coverage will begin tonight at 8.15, a 9.10 first pitch this evening as the Cardinals open up a series against the Mariners. Steven Matz on the mound tonight for St. Louis. He's looking for his first win. He'll be opposed by George Kirby. The rest of the rotation for the series, Miles Michaelis is going to start tomorrow, and then Jack Flaherty is scheduled to go on Sunday. We're going to head down to uh, Springfield right now. We're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program. He is the voice of the Springfield Cardinals. Of course, they just recently saw Adam Wainwright pitching on a rehab, and he'll get another one in there. He is uh, Andrew Buckbinder. You follow him on Twitter at A-Buckbinder, A-B-U-C-H-B-I-N-D-E-R. He joins us right now here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Andrew, thanks so much for uh, taking the time with us today. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, Before we get into any of what's going on in the field right now, I I just want to kind of go back a little ways because before the season got started, uh, it was announced with uh, the city of Springfield getting involved in the stadium and the Cardinals extending there for a long time. And the the future of the Springfield Cardinals was pretty much settled uh, with that announcement. What does that mean for Springfield, for the team, and really just for, I think, fans of the Cardinals who love going down to Springfield and seeing uh, the affiliate? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hugely exciting. So you're absolutely right. The city of Springfield purchased uh, Hammonds Field, which had been you know built and owned by uh, Mr. Hammonds and Hammonds Industries after John Q. Hammonds passed away. And uh, to to have the city of Springfield as as the owner and and you know essentially our landlord here is just a, a terrific partnership. Um, for one, it allows us uh, right away to get going on some of the facility standards that every affiliated minor league team has to meet per Major League Baseball standards and, and regulations. So, you know, basically, if you fail to meet those for long enough and things like stadium lights and female facilities in the clubhouses 
adequate kitchen spaces in the clubhouses, those kinds of things, if you don't get up to code, then Major League Baseball can come in and basically say, all right, you've got to find a different place to play. And so we weren't necessarily on the precipice of that happening, but we did have to start chipping away at that list, um, knowing that down the road, if, if we can't do that, then that, you know, that was a real possibility. So um, part of the funds in the, in the purchase agreement with the city, they're going to go immediately to some of those renovations to get us compliant, as every minor league team has to do. And it also activates a 15-year lease extension for the Springfield Cardinals here at Hammonds Field. So uh, to, to, a long answer to your question, but basically it just shores up our future. And, and this is such an incredible facility. Uh, we've won AA Field of the Year, you know, I think 12 to 14 times. Honestly, we sort of lost count <laughs> along the way. Uh, but in our 18-year team history, we've won it uh, just about every year until they just stopped giving it out a couple of years ago. Um, so for, from a player standpoint, I mean, our facility is, is really unmatched with the indoor and, and, and all the amenities on that side. And from a fan standpoint, I mean, it's, it's my favorite place to do a game. And obviously I'm sort of biased, but I just think it's got a great feel to it, a great aesthetic. And this purchase is going to allow us to make it even better for both players and fans and be able to call this ballpark home for years to come. Yeah, you mentioned the field, and I don't think that can be uh, talked about enough because if you're the Cardinals and you're sending Major League players down on rehab and we see Cart, we've we've seen Lars Newtbar and Adam Wayne right there already this year, it's a very common thing. You do want to send them to a facility where it's a good field just so there's no risk for extra injury. So you mentioned that how good the field is. That's that's an important part of this whole thing. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, for one, when the when the major league guys come down, you're absolutely right. Obviously, you want them on premier, you know, in a premier environment so that they are able to get their work in and not risk injuring anything else. Uh, but then also just the day to day, you know, and, and we've we have an indoor training facility that has six batting cages. They can be the netting separating those cages can be raised up and you can take a full infield practice in indoors. You know, so somewhat regardless of the weather, regardless of what uh, whatever else might be going on on the field, we've got tons of training space, um, which is huge for our, our you know, co-tenant here in Missouri State. Uh, their baseball team plays here, too, and that's a huge recruiting tool for them. But on the Cardinals side, I mean, it's, it's just it's such a benefit that is, it really is rare in minor league baseball to have a facility like that and to have a playing surface that's as consistently high level as the one that we have. So, you know, whether it's your top prospects that you want playing in the best conditions possible or the big leaguers when they do come down and have to rehab, um, you know, we're tremendously proud of the facility that we've been able to provide and, and you know, look forward to continue to, to provide that premier, premier environment for people to play. We wanted to get you on uh, most specifically because of Adam Wainwright, and he recently had a three-inning outing. We'll see him pitch again uh, with Springfield, and then they'll make a decision on him. There's always more than just the box score. He gave up two runs on on four hits, gave up a home run. What did you think? What did you see from him when uh, Wainwright was pitching? Yeah, so the the home run, we'll start there. There was a and he kind of touched on it briefly in his post-game session with the media down here. Um, he didn't use it as much of as an, as an excuse as I'll give him credit for here, but there was a 19 mile per hour wind blowing out the left center. So the, any home run hit on Wednesday needs a, a little bit of a footnote to it. Uh, Cause the ball kind of barely got out and it probably is not going out on a different day. Um, aside from that though, Matt, I mean, he threw 59 pitches, 40 were strikes. Uh, so he was filling up the strike zone. He was using all of his pitches. His curveball looked like the great curveball that we've all 
you know, become accustomed to through the years. And I think one of the things that you really want to see um, when those the major leaguers come in rehab is, you know, they might start a little rusty, but are they kind of finding that rhythm throughout? And his last inning, that third inning, uh, it was a 13-pitch inning. He got a fly out and back-to-back strikeouts. Um, and that, it was like, okay, you know, there's Wayno. And, and so he was able to wrap it up on a, a really strong note um, and, and really look like that Adam Wainwright that, you know, we've all watched for the better part of the last two decades. Things are cyclical when it comes to prospects in an organization. And there are some years where there's a lot, for example, right now with the Cardinals, there's, there's a lot of top level prospects at triple a, there's a lot at, at uh, single a right now, the double a level, and this will probably change next year. Doesn't have quite as many guys. Sometimes those teams end up being the most fun teams to actually be around. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the Michael McGreevy's of the world. The, uh, the Mike and Tico's of the world. There's, there's obviously top level, top 30 prospects uh, on, on the roster, but is this group, is it one of those kind of fun type groups, even if maybe the, the, the big headline prospects aren't there? You know, I think so. I mean, and you obviously always root for the guys to be able to, to, to get to move up. I mean, you just look at Chandler Redmond. He had 21 home runs last year and 79 RBIs, but there's a guy named Paul Goldschmidt in the big mm-hmm. leagues playing first base. And then there's Luke and Baker in Memphis, you know, and in a different organization, Luke and probably could crack the big leagues and Chandler certainly should be in triple a. So, you know, you do root for those guys to be able to move up, but you're absolutely right. I mean, in the minor leagues, it, it is so transient. So to have a familiar group back, it is fun because you start to see some of that chemistry that can be just challenging based on the nature of the deal where, where you have so many transactions and guys are moving up and down. And, and, you know, so to have kind of that consistent core back for another year, obviously minus Jordan Walker and, and Mason Wynn, um, but you know, the rest of the team that we really ended with last year, it, it's fun to get to watch these guys again. They, they're, it's a great, from a personality standpoint, it's a great group of players. They totally understand. And, and, you know, they're off to a, a pretty good start. We're five and seven so far through the first 12 games, but um, four and two in the last six. And so, you know, they're starting to kind of find that footing early this year. Redmond leads the league in home runs already. He's already got five of them. Um, so it, it definitely, it, it definitely is fun to have from a personality standpoint and they're good ball players. And that sometimes is something that it's one of my favorite parts of the minor leagues. But I think sometimes with prospect rankings as popular as they are right now, you can forget about the guys like a Lars Newtbar, who was not necessarily in those top 30 prospect rankings and look at him a couple short years later. And so you, you, you can still, you know, kind of look at those rankings and certainly, I mean, they, they, they're right more than they're wrong on those rankings, but also you never know who's going to be next and, and who's going to, who's going to kind of take off. And so um, this crowd that we have in, in Springfield this year to start off the season they're not. We don't have quite as many of those "quote unquote" top thirty prospects as we have the last two years, uh, but there's still some good ball players here, and and we love having them. The old adage is you're an injury away from the big leagues when you get to Double A, and we see Jordan Walker completely skip Triple A. How big of a story is that? How much is that being talked about? Just you know, from from guys who are on the roster watching Jordan Walker and knowing where he was at just literally months ago. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, most of the guys here played with him last year, and so I don't think it's in to anybody's huge surprise that Jordan is going to rise to whatever challenge is in front of him. I mean, it is amazing to, to be 20 years old, 
um, and be in the big leagues and never spend a day in AAA, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, it used to be that sometimes happened, but that really doesn't happen. You might be able to get to AAA at a younger age than you used to be, uh, but normally you go through those through that order at least a little bit. And so it just it just speaks to how I mean unbelievably special Jordan is. Uh, he was incredible here last year. Um, and, and so while it does, you know, it, it does kind of surprise you. It's like, oh my goodness, he's, you know, he's in the big leagues already. Then you also remember that it's Jordan Walker that we're talking about. And, and, and to see him have success at that level, um, because of how special he is, is, is kind of something that you almost expect, even though it's such a high bar. He is uh, Andrew Buckbinder. He's the voice of the Springfield Cardinals. If folks want to uh, check out your broadcast, check out everything you've got going, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, absolutely. All of our games are, are on radio here in Springfield. Also, um, SpringfieldCardinals.com. We have an audio stream, and the Bally Live app has every single minor league game, a video broadcast for every minor league game for free, too. So plenty of ways to check us out throughout the year. Andrew, really appreciate you taking some time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Andrew Buckbinder joining us, a little tease of what's coming up during the Cardinals pregame show. We're going to hear a little bit more about Andrew. Michael McGreevy had a really good performance yesterday for the Springfield Cardinals, so uh, we'll talk to him a bit about uh, what he saw from McGreevy. That's going to be coming up during Ameren at Total Access, leading you into the Cardinals and the Mariners tonight. But we still got a half hour of sports open line left before we get to that. A lot more coming up right here on KMOX. It's the Grimar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Only about 20, 25 minutes left in the program. We'll take you till 8 o'clock this evening and then we get into Cardinals baseball. We are going to have a late night edition of the Extra Inning Show. As always, if you want to chime in after the game, you got thoughts. We'll be talking to you afterwards with the Extra Inning Show, taking your calls, your texts, and your tweets. It feels like, you know, that's something that we really started doing a little bit more last year after I got here, just the uh, instant reaction from fans during uh, the Extra Inning Show. I still get, uh, this past week when I was at the ballpark, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and made reference to the phone calls and how they enjoy hearing them. So if you are looking, maybe you're somebody who watches the game on TV and uh, you don't come back to us on radio. Well, if that's you, come back to us and uh, tell us what you're thinking after the game. We're always with you uh, following the network post-game show. We have our local post-game show, the Extra Inning Show, featuring your thoughts in addition to mine. If you got any thoughts on the Cardinals right now, you can join us, 314-436-7900, how you call, how you text. That's exactly what Rob has done. Hey, Rob, you're on uh, Sports Open Line. Hey, Matt, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I got several things here. I'm just going to run them real quick. Uh, the pot idea with KC, St. Louis, you got you got two Chicago teams to hate, Milwaukee. I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, that would just kill it, man. I, I mean, you could see some huge crowds with, with those combinations. And, and then this idea about expanding Major League Baseball with more franchises, that's a dumb idea. I mean, you've got franchises already that are a failure in their markets and, and should move, for example, like to Nashville. I think that's a great idea. I think they would do well. And also the, the Vegas – is it the Vegas A's are going to call themselves the athletics? Um, Probably. I, I would – I think that ring, a little better ring Vegas A's than Las Vegas A's. Yeah. And then, and then now they're going to have to 
play in a facility because of the heat out there. They're going to have to play with a retractable roof facility. Uh, do you know where they're going to be playing at? Yeah, it's uh, it's the land right next to what was the Tropicana. I don't know if it's still called the Tropicana, but it's in that area. So up there, I don't know how familiar you are with Vegas, but kind of uh, settled in between where T-Mobile Arena is and where the Raiders Stadium is up there. What is that? The south Is that North or South Strip? But uh, up in that area right next to what would be the Tropicana. And so that would have to be a retractable roof. I would think so. Yeah. You don't want, there'd be some hot nights for sure. You'd need some, you'd want a little bit of air just the same way it is in Arizona. Well, I'm curious to know uh, because the the hockey and, and football have been such huge successes in Vegas. Can they support, you know, a third major league franchise? I, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen there. And, and, and finally, um, the Cardinals uh, in this this last game where they had this offensive route, you know, hopefully that's a sign that they're breaking out of their funk. And um, I I just wondered if you knew what where what is the number one pitching prospect in AAA? I mean, who's the person they're talking about as a, as the as next phenomenon? I mean, if if you brought them up, maybe the energy surge of coming to the big leagues would 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 give the team an energy boost, and and I think they need it, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Rob, appreciate the uh, the phone call. So the guy who's probably at AAA right now, who's most ready, is a guy that you've already seen here in, in Matthew Liebertor, but he's putting together a really really good year so far uh he i he looked good in spring uh, he looked different in spring and now he is looking um i i just it feels like he has uh taken another step forward i'm gonna bring up the memphis numbers just to uh tell you where everybody is at right now so that's probably the first guy the guy that you haven't seen in the big leagues yet at memphis is gordon graceffo uh, and uh, he's, I, I don't think he's quite ready. I, I'd wait a little bit longer on him. In his three starts, he's pitched to a 3.27 ERA, 11 innings for him, 11 strikeouts in 11 innings, seven walks. Uh, but as far as Matthew Liebertor goes, 3-0, 2-3-8 ERA, 22 and two-thirds innings, 30 strikeouts, eight walks. Liebertor, if if something were to happen where they needed another starting pitcher, he's the guy. Uh, Dakota Hudson didn't was not pitching all that well, and he not, he just went on the injured list. So uh, Hudson isn't probably even on the radar right now. Uh, so Graceffo is that that guy, that prospect, that top level pitching prospect who's there, uh, who is who has not been in the big leagues. Uh, Libertor is the guy who's probably the most ready, and I'm pretty excited. He's going to get a start at some point. He'll be in the big leagues at some point this year. I'm really excited to see how different he can look. You know, I, I know it's pitching versus hitting, but Nolan Gorman is a perfect example, and there's examples every single year. There's guys who come up, prospects who come up. And they don't fare all that well their first time in the big leagues. And then they're able to kind of reset, do some things in the offseason, go to spring, and return the next year. And I feel like there's a good chance that that is uh, Libertor. Is Libertor better than any of the guys in the rotation right now? I guess maybe we could compare him to Jake Woodford. Adam Wainwright's going to be back sooner than later. I don't think it's a young guy coming up 
that really makes this team that much better. You know, like Bob Ramsey and I were talking about earlier on the program, to me it still feels like um, they they need to look outside the organization if they're going to add to starting pitching. But I at the same time, I'm I'm not overly concerned about this group of starting pitchers. Not for the regular season. I I think every single one of these starters, well, you know, Steven Matz tonight, what he is a six four eight ERA. Is that right? Yeah. So Matt's six four eight. Uh tomorrow, Michaelis eight one oh. Uh, you have Montgomery at 4.84. Like all these guys, I think are going to be right where they're normally at. They're going to have those. Uh, they're going to have those ERAs uh, lower than four and a half, probably lower than 4.2, maybe lower than four. They're going to be those guys that every single time out in the regular season, they're going to give you a chance to win. It's just that that where is your confidence level going to be at? when you get in the postseason, and the last thing I would want for the Cardinals, the last thing I would want for this team is for them to not go out and get another starting pitcher, have the kind of regular season that they generally have, winning the division, putting up a very good win-loss total, and then seeing a very short postseason appearance again. I think we talked about it a lot last year when they got knocked out in the playoffs. In many, you know, A lot of people were looking at the – the lack of postseason success over recent years, the last time uh, they won a postseason series. And I kind of dismiss that because you look at the last few years of baseball. Last year was the first kind of normalish year in a while. You had the COVID year. You had, um, you just had, you had the, the, there was just weird stuff going on on a year in, year out basis. And I think you could kind of find some anomalies in there. This is the year where say they make it to the postseason and they have a postseason failure, then I think this is the year where you start to say, okay, this is a trend. I don't think it's a trend right now, but I think they're uh, they're a postseason failure away from being able to say, yeah, this is a bit of a trend. All right, so I wanted to talk about Shohei Otani. He's going to be coming to St. Louis here pretty soon. There's been a lot of uh, social media chatter here recently that if the Angels really start to fall out of contention, that uh, they're going to look to move Otani. What are the chances? Is, is, is it a complete pie in the sky to think that maybe, just maybe, he could end up in St. Louis? I'm going to give you some hope. I'm going to give you just a smidgen of hope. We'll do that next. This is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. This is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Just a few minutes left in this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line, but don't go any, not that you should go anywhere at any given time here at KMOX, but uh, tonight we got Cardinals baseball, late night baseball. Cardinals, Mariners, this evening as the Cardinals open up a three-city, ten-game West Coast road trip, three in Seattle, four in San Francisco, three in L.A. against the Dodgers, and then back home. And when they get back home, they're going to see... Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles uh, Angels of Anaheim. Let me start by saying I I don't think there's much of a chance that Shohei Otani becomes a Cardinal, and I think there's even less of a chance that Shohei Otani becomes a long-term Cardinal. That being said, there's been a lot made of his relationship with Lars Nootbaar following their bromance during the uh, during the WBC. And I brought this up a few weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago. I don't know. Time moves fast. 
brought up the um, the numbers that Forbes put out of the highest paid players in baseball. And the numbers that Forbes put out, it wasn't just how much they're making for their on-field performance, their contracts that they're getting from teams. It included their endorsement money as well. And Shohei Otani in 2023 is the highest overall paid player in baseball at $65 million. More than half of that comes off field. 35 of his $65 million he's making this year comes as a result of endorsements, commercials, things like that. And I was thinking about this again today because if you're on social media, you might have seen the Lars Newtbar commercial that is running in Japan. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski, you saw this commercial today, and this just shows how big of a superstar Lars Newtbar has become in Japan. This guy is now endorsing glasses in Japan. Is that what it was? I could not tell what he was advertising. I think it's glasses, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I think know. it was glasses. Sure. So, I mean, if if, if Newtbar starts getting lots of uh, endorsement money out of Japan, then maybe we're talking about him on this list come next year. This is the reason I, I thought about it because of the Newt Bar thing. I think I retweeted. If I didn't retweet it, it's it's all over the place. You can you can find it, and uh, it's a it's a fun commercial. He doesn't say much, but he has. I think he has a single line at the end in uh, in, in in Japanese. So, and just to put this in perspective, because we could sit here and say, okay, Shohei Otani makes sixty five million, thirty five of which comes in endorsements off field, and you might say, okay, well, you know what? I bet a bunch of major league players make a fair amount of money off field. Not really. Not really. Max Scherzer makes one million. Aaron Judge, I think Aaron Judge is number two on this list. So if you remember me talking about this, you may already know the answer, but if you weren't with us that first time, Shohei Otani makes $35 million off field. Aaron Judge is the biggest star in baseball, arguably, playing in the biggest market in the United States, and a guy who's not afraid to do a commercial. What do you think he makes off field? What's the number that's in your head? You got that number? Shohei makes $35 million. What's your number for Aaron Judge? It's, the actual number is $4.5 million. He, he makes $30 million less per year in endorsements than Shohei Otani, which is crazy. Uh, let's see if there's anybody else on there. Mike Trout makes $4 million. Um... Garrett, no, that's not a good one. That's under one. It's Yeah, nobody's making anything. Nobody's making anything off-field in baseball. Baseball does a horrible job of marketing their players. That's part of it. So here's where I'm going with this. I don't know if Shohei Otani wants to break the bank on his contract. He's got an opportunity. He's still relatively young, and he's a two-way player like we have not seen in a long time in the history of baseball. He can he can set his price and probably get paid it, whether it's the Mets, the Dodgers, whoever it might be. He, he can go just completely break the bank on a long-term deal. Does he want to do that? Or is is it more of a situation of, He's been with the Angels. They have not been overly competitive. 
they don't have a, a great fan base, and maybe he wants to go somewhere where he feels like he's got a better chance to win. And it really doesn't matter about the money because so much of what he makes on an annual basis is coming from off field and presumably coming off field internationally. It's all it's not all domestic money. There's international money in there as well for Shohei Otani. Does that open up the door just a little bit for the Cardinals to get in on this because maybe he's willing to take less money? I don't know. That may be really utopian on my on my standpoint. He may just want to break the bank. His uh his agents probably don't want to uh think about that sort of thing. But that's all I would say. He is in a very unique he is one of one in Major League Baseball where he is making that much money from his off field endorsements. And he's got the Newt Bar connection. I do think I don't we talk about it all the time how St. Louis is such a uh, desirable place to play for players and they want to come to St. Louis. Great opportunity for Cardinals fans to show Shohei Otani the love when when he's here when the Angels come to town. And I know Cardinals fans already know that. That but that that'd be the only thing I'd say on this. I still think it's more pie in the sky than reality. Maybe there's a scenario where if the Angels go ahead and make the decision that they're going to go ahead and move him, maybe he gets uh, moved. And Look, if he gets moved in season to the Cardinals, we see it happen all the time. I mean, there's there's numerous cases of where the Cardinals a player acquire a player via trade and then they want to stick around and they get the deal done. There's clearly a better chance that you would able be able to keep him if you get him here before free agency. It's not likely, but at least... Finances does not have to be the number one driving thing in this because of how much money he makes off field. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Don't go anywhere. We've got Cardinals baseball. It's the Cardinals and the Mariners tonight opening up a three-game series. Pitching matchup, Stephen Matz against George Kirby. Sean Michael Lyle has the uh, news after uh, CBS National News, and then I'll be back with you for uh, Ameren Total Access. That's uh, going to begin in about 15, 20 minutes, 8.15 for uh, pregame. We'll talk to you then here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.